You're listening to episode 138 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with your favorite and mine, Francie Winslow. What happens after sex is that the power of unity, when two become one, so propels them that God gave them the first commission commandment to go and take dominion on the earth together. Go and bear fruit on the earth. Yes, children, but in John 15, 8, we hear Jesus say, my father is glorified when you bear much fruit, right? That fruitfulness is what we were made for. Not just children, but we were made for fruitfulness in our marriage. And that's one of the powerful, wonderful things about having a biblical sexual worldview is that sex is a a fruit multiplier, not just for children, but for impact. And it ripples out. And literally our connection in our marriage, our sense of unity and oneness that can be a big part of our sex life produces oneness. When we have oneness in our marriage, it impacts out, ripples out to impact all sorts of other areas of our lives. Oh, I love Francie's heart for this topic. And if I forgot to give you the warning before, here's your warning now. This may be an episode you want to put the earbuds in, especially if you have super young children and you don't want them to hear the word sex over and over and over. Because Francie's coming back on. She's talked to us about soul freedom. You remember I did the encore episode of that this summer. In episode 61, she talked about the power of sex in marriage, and that was almost two years ago. Since Francie last talked to us, she has been learning a lot, not just about the power of sex in marriage, but the power of sex to impact our communities, our country, and the ripple effect of it. Uh, and the connection, the importance. She talked about how it helps us stay connected as a couple, and that connection is so powerful. And there's a lot of things in our world that inhibit connection, so we spent a good chunk of time talking about technology and some helpful ideas if you're finding your technology to get in the way of your connection as a couple. For those single moms out there listening, I just want you to be encouraged that Francie has a word for you and for all of us moms who want to help our children gain a healthy view of not just sex, but the body. Francie's been doing a lot of studying of theology of the body, and she has some great resources that I've put in the show notes. You can find those in the blog posts associated with this episode. Can't wait to share all of this goodness with you. But before we get to it, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Jelly Telly. Okay, great news, y'all. It is not too late to sign up for those family devotionals I told you that Jelly Telly was giving you for free. Did I say free yet? 16 devotionals, uh, five minutes. That's all it takes for you to help your kids learn the life and teachings of Jesus. They'll learn that Jesus is Messiah, teacher, and king. Just five minutes a day, four times a week, you'll discover how Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecies, taught about the life in the kingdom of God, died and rose again to bring us the gift of new life in him. Your family is going to love the weekly memory verse, short video, discussion questions, and new daily printable activities on the Jelly Telly blog. To sign up to receive these free devotionals, go to godcentermom.com backslash devo, D-E-V-O. And you'll get your first one. All right, let's get to my conversation with Francie. Here we go. Hey, Francie, welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, it's so fun to be back here. I love hanging out with you on your podcast. It's so fun. And I don't get to talk about sex enough. So I was... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot when I go to churches. They're like, we don't talk about this very much. So it's good. We need to have these chats. Or marriage. I feel like in this season of 
motherhood, we sometimes are just thinking about our kids and how we're failing or how we want to do better. And mm-hmm. we kind of neglect that whole relationship. So I'm always thankful when you come on and we can talk about our broken places and our healing and our inner healing. You've been on for that. And then you've talked to us about the power of sex and kind of blown our mind at how important that is in yeah. our marriages. And I'm just thankful to have you back on. So, awesome. So Thank much, you so much. Okay. So tell us where you, you know, what's happened since you were last here, where has God been shifting and moving your heart? Okay. So I feel like the last time I was here, it may have been a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but I, um, grew up as you would hear in the other podcasts, if, if you listen to it in the church, um, really got uh, spoon-fed the abstinence message, which is wonderful. I'm so grateful for it. It was, you know, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then I got married and I didn't know how to do it (laughs) or how to think about doing it. And so that's kind of where God began developing me about 11 years ago um, in our brand new marriage with the context of a lot of inner healing, which you and I have talked about that as well. And just shifting my views on sex that it's not dirty and it's not a duty, but it's actually a blessing and a delight and even what I like to call now a multiplying factor in our lives that it actually produces more fruit, not only kid wise, as you and I both know, we got four kids each, um, it produces kids, but it also produces a massive amount of connection. And so I started talking to moms about this specifically, a lot of mops groups, women's ministries, women's retreats. I talk about intimacy with God a lot because it really all points back to that. But I started talking about sex specifically and something in me, Heather, knew that it's not even just about our happy marriages. I was talking about the power of sex and marriage and how good it is for our marriage, but I felt like deep in my spirit, there's more to this message. Mm. And that is when someone on a school bus on the way to a Washington, D.C. school trip, field trip with my kids, said over, you know, the cries of all the kids screaming and jumping around the school bus, have you ever heard of theology of the body? You know, this mom in the back of the bus. I'm like, no. She scoots a little closer and breaks it down for me. The fact that God um, in the beginning stamped his very image on the body of a man and a woman so that we would fully know what he is like as we become fully alive as men and women and as we come together in the beautiful gift of sex. So it is this beautiful theology. And I started diving into it head first. I read lots of books and listened to lots of teachings. And honestly, Heather, I just cry while I was listening to it because it was forming my mind and my heart about sex in a whole new way. Mm. So I think since we last talked, it was uh, my focus was on marriage and making marriage great. And God has just kind of blown up my view of sex and even the body to see more of a Genesis to Revelation view on his good plans for sex and for our bodies and how we can rethink sex in a way that will literally transform how we live and how we train up our kids. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And I know since we talked to you, you've added that fourth child and yep. you're in the process yeah. of adding an- adding more. Yes. Through adoption. Yes. Yeah. We are Tell in the process. That. Yeah. We're in the process of adopting uh, domestically. And we are probably going to be getting a, a little tiny baby, a little newborn. Um, and so that's very exciting. And, you know, it's one of those things that's been in our hearts for years and years. But when you say yes to God, something I've learned in the process is that 
we think, oh, I'm saying yes to God in this big challenge to do good in whatever area it is. And in the process, God is so committed to making us whole and healed. When we think mm-hmm. we're going to go heal somebody else, right, help right. somebody else, he's like, girl, let me help you. <laughs> and so this adoption process has been very refining, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what it has shown me is a lot of stuff under the surface that I needed to uh, see and ask God to come and minister to my heart. So while we're talking about sex, this is kind of an interesting story about the adoption. We um, were in the process, doing the home study, doing all this work, and I was getting really excited about projects that I was working on for ministry and work. And I started getting overcome with anxiety, Heather. I mean, Mm. heart pounding. I can't do this. All I could do was like look around for the eject button. I'm like, this is something is not right in me. And so I started trying to express this to Wyatt, my husband. And, and it was kind of a, an immediately serious conversation for both of us because we realized, whoa, we need to talk through some of the stuff. We called our babysitter. She came over and, uh, we were getting dressed. We're like, we got to go on a date. Can you come over? She came over while we we're getting dressed. We were feeling really disconnected, hmm. super disconnected. And I think it was because this is something just very deep in both of our hearts And I was suddenly backpedaling and he thought we were running together ahead. Mm. And, um, so she comes over, we are getting dressed for our date. We say, you know what? We're super disconnected. Let's have sex. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. It was very much of a choice because one of the things I'm constantly talking to moms about sex is that it's really that I've found not about your libido or the mood or the romantic nature of your experience, it is about connection. And we were really needing to fight for connection. So we were getting ready for a date. We said, let's have sex. So we had sex before our date. We went on our date. We got more disconnected on our date. It was so rough. Came home in like a silent car ride home. We came home and we had sex again that night. And uh, your You're listeners like are pregnant. This is a wild God, night. This is crazy. I know, you guys. And what's so funny is that it it was not you know, wild. It was, Hey, we're going to fight for our connection because it feels like all the forces of, you know, hell and darkness are pulling away from each other. And so what we realized at that moment was that sex is so powerful. And we've been practicing this for a while in times of stress, we up our amount of sex instead of reducing it, we increase it because what we found is that God's training us to fight for connection and fight for each other rather than fighting against each other. Mm. And so in the middle of our fight, if you want to call it that, um, or our disconnection, we decided to have sex before our date and then after our date. And it was just a rough night altogether. We did not seem to come to a resolution. We went to bed. I woke up the next morning and spent time with the Lord, as is my daily practice. And I just was sitting with God. I'm like, Lord, what is happening in my heart? And almost as if like clouds parted, I kid you not, it was the Lord just said to my heart, Francie, you are bound up in fear. Mm. I've not called you to be a natural mom. I've called you to be a supernatural mom filled with me. You can't do all of this by yourself because I was just so afraid I couldn't do it all. Mm. And um, he interjected in the midst of that moment. It was just like, I want to set you free from fear. And so I tell you that story because what we've seen is that God has a mission for families and he has a f- mission for couples. And when life, whether it's stress at work or stress for a, a ministry mission that you're doing or stress from just kids happens, it's so easy to just start running in opposite directions because you want to protect your heart or you want to um, just avoid the pain. And what God has been teaching us is to lean into each other and to 
um, literally just fight for our connection by gluing our bodies together because there's something really powerful about what our bodies do when we choose to give the gift of ourselves to each other. You can't help but have a soft heart towards each other. And um, I totally, I mean, I, I don't think anyone listening would, could disagree. You can tell in your marriage when you're stopping being for each other and you're starting to look out for yourself. And we, because in the last few months in our own life, my husband's kind of starting to launch this business and there's a lot of extra stress and a lot of walking by faith and Mm -hmm. a lot of good days and bad days. The extremes are yeah, you know, it's not, we're not doing the same thing every day. Like right. it's not like he has a nine to five and it's the exact same thing. We're just going through the motions and there's boredom. It's more right. just a lot of excitement and disappointment daily. And yeah. so for yeah. us, it was a lot, a lot of highs and lows, lots of highs and lows. And for us, it was mm-hmm. those, like I've shared with you, the, the 24 hour getaways. We've done some yes. of those in the last couple of months. It's been these daily walks side by side yes. where, so good. yeah, just hearing each other here. I'm feeling more valued as uh, an input into his life rather than just a receiver of what's going on. It's more collaborative when we're side Mm -hmm. by side walking and talking through each of our own pursuits and then just intimacy, like choosing that when we can tell choosing it, Yeah, we can tell when it's been a while or, you know, it's, it's just the connection is, is pulled and strained. Uh, so I totally agree with all of that and how external stress can try to pull apart that connection and, and the world would tell us to continue to fight for our own rights and, and, yeah. and, and to, to not, self-protect. Yeah. To yeah. self-protect. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking also technology, mm-hmm. how that impacts. Totally. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And I think connection with my kids too, but that's a whole nother Absolutely. topic. But our connection in our marriage, if we're constantly pulling out the phone, how have y'all seen technology to impact your marriage connection? You know what? I did a little video. Um, I think it's on my blog. I did it on YouTube a while back about how my husband actually super convicted me of this. It was very humbling because I, like anybody else, have an addiction to scrolling. And I look for my phone, even when I don't need it, have no reason to be on it. I grab it. I unlock it real quick and I am on it. And then I'm realizing, why am I on this? Mm -hmm. I have no reason to be on my phone right now. And so I started realizing this is a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to distraction. I don't really want to be plugged into my kids right now. You know, these feelings of I want to be anywhere but here, which is sad, but it's true because I long to feed myself with a distraction, which actually is a hormonal release in our brains called dopamine. Mm. Um, That is a reward system where the more we do something, the more we want it. And actually, you can apply it to sex because dopamine is released during sex. So the more sex you have, the more you want it. That's a little side tip. (laughs) The less sex you have, the less you want it because the less dopamine you have in your body. With your phones, it's the same thing. The more you're scrolling, the more you're always on it, the more you want it and the more you go for it. And so mm-hmm. my husband um, asked me one day and and he wasn't trying to um, directly lead me. He was just on, seriously trying to honor me because he realized that when someone's on the phone in your presence, it feels disrespectful. And so he asked me one day in the car, hey, do you mind if I text 
Timmy, my friend, to see about our lunchtime. And I'm like, of course I don't mind if you text him. And then he started doing that regularly. Whenever I was around, he'd ask my permission to use his phone. And it started irking me <laughs> because I was feeling convicted. I'm like, why would I mind? Use your phone. Everybody uses your phone, their phone all the time. <laughs> No, I don't mind. You're making me feel self-conscious about how often I'm on my phone. Mm. And God started softening my heart and just realizing he is right. And so this was probably about mm, a year ago, at least, where we really started um, being mindful of how much we're on our phones and realizing for me it was way too much and asking each other's permission when we're around each other. Because A, for me, it checks me. I'm like, do I need to be on Facebook right now so much so that I'll ask his permission? No, I don't need to. Let me yeah. wait for that. Yeah. And if I do need to, I'll ask permission. So that's been an interesting little dialogue that we've had with each other that's really created a higher sense of respect for each other. And it has made our time much sweeter because we're not both zoning out on our phones in each other's presence. We've just kind of checked that at the door. Mm. Um, we've passed that on to our kids and given them permission to ask us for, to enter in that conversation as well. So when I'm with the kids, I will try and ask their permission. Hey guys, do you mind if I send this email real quick? I don't expect them to say, no, you can't do that. I just want to teach them that that's the process of honoring human beings that's really good. that you, um, tell them you're more valuable than this phone. Cause it, if you think about it, if you're in a lunch meeting with somebody and you get a phone call, you wouldn't just interrupt that person and take the call. You would say, if some people I'm do, so that might be, that might actually well, I guess, happen. <laughs> I guess do, but old school, I guess you would say, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I take this real quick? Mm-hmm. I, I have to you know, you would acknowledge them, their presence and then take it. But yeah. now you're having, you know, lunch with friends and people are just on their phone. And anyway, I've seen, I've talked to a lot of moms who tell me about, you know, time at night when it's date, we call our time at night from eight to nine date night every night. But so I've, I've tried to have conversations with moms about how you use your time to create connection in your marriage. And, uh, they're like, well, yeah, at night, mostly I picture, what our nights look like is we're on either side of our sectional, both of us on our phone and watching TV at the same time. Like it totally stinks. I'm like, yeah, I can see that that's a really common thing in families, in marriages, and it zaps our connection. So a few of the things we've done in our family as a whole is, um, we do our date night every night where we don't use phones. We leave our phones out of our date night time at night. So no tech is involved there. And we got a tech box for our kitchen, which has been really great so that when we come home or get get into the house, we just drop our phones in that box that's in our kitchen. Mm. So they're not on our person because I was finding that I literally ca- will carry it mm. everywhere they mm. go. Yeah. And I don't want to model that for our kids. Um, so those are a few of the things that we've done. I think one month we kind of went screen-free all together at night. Cause you know, we, from our eight to nine times, sometimes we'll be intimate. Sometimes we'll watch a movie, but we were kind of in this exhausted rhythm where we were constantly just saying, let's just watch a movie. And we found that did not increase our connection. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know, let's just, um, let's just challenge ourselves a little bit, turn the no Netflix, you know, for this month. And we ended up, you know, playing card games, reading, talking. And you know what the real truth is, Heather, hmm. We went to bed at eight o'clock a lot of those nights because what we realized is we were really tired and we were thinking, oh, we want to hang out together, but we were making ourselves more exhausted by watching a movie as opposed to getting a good 15 minutes of connection time and then be like, it's 830, let's go to bed. And what that did is allowed us to wake up really fresh, have a sweet time with God in the morning or just a cup of coffee together. And it just made our rhythm of life much more connected. So 
I would say the theme of anything I talk about in marriage is connection. What feeds your connection and reevaluating your sex life or your tech life through that lens? Does this lead to more connection or less? Because it's pretty important. So helpful and something that we don't evaluate. We just keep doing it, right? Right. We just keep doing what we're doing. And like you said, it's training our kids. They, They watch what we do more than what we say. Yeah, um, I can set boundaries on they're only allowed to have video game time on the weekends for this little hour. But if they see that I'm technically on my phone whenever yep. all day, yeah, it's not really training them that that's what adults do. Is totally have, um, limited screen time. Yeah. So when you're talking about sex and reconnection through sex and how it has even in the stressful times, y'all are using uh, are choosing sex to reconnect. Mm-hmm. What about the gal out there that is str- struggles with that whole intimacy with her husband? Um, yeah. And her view of sex has kind of been yeah. altered. What advice yeah. do you have for her? Well, first of all, I'll tell her that she's not alone. I would say that the majority of women that I talk to struggle with their view of sex on some level or another. Because we're just, it's one of those things one mom told me, she was like, thank you for giving voice to this thing that is always on our minds and it's heavy on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, it's true. It's always on our minds, whether we feel pressure there, whether we feel wounding there, whether we feel inadequate there, whether we feel compared, all of these things play into our mindset on sex and is one of the most precious and valuable areas of our marriage that no one else is given rights to is supposed to be a part of, yet it's this place where we have so much input from other places that shape it in mostly negative ways. So I like to talk about three W's for our sexual worldview, because really that's what matters is evaluating our sexual worldview to begin with and saying, wait a minute, who influences the way I think about sex? Because if it's a hard thing for us, that's a big indicator that we're not seeing it God's way and we're not giving space in our hearts to let the Lord heal us as we've talked about healing um, because there's places where we're hurting. And when sex is really painful, that's just a beautiful invitation to come closer to Jesus and say, God, you gave this good gift to us. Can you heal me? Because I'm not seeing it as good and I'm not experiencing it as good. And you're talking about emotional pain. We know that like when it's physical pain, go see the doctor. We were talking about when it's painful and it's, it's causing you shame, guilt, um, resistance and not having peace. Yeah. I think there can also be guilt in um, knowing that our husband desires it, needs it Mm -hmm. for their own stress relief and, and connection, but feeling so overwhelmed and tired in our lives as moms that we feel that guilt for not, you know. Being like, yes, honey, I would love to. Like, yes. So there's, there's even those yep. added layers of emotions yes. to it. Yeah. Here's what I'd say to that tired mama, because I've been there. Take care of yourself first. Which is so you know? hard. We just don't. It's so hard. Again, it goes um, back to the tech, you, though, probably, because we're scrolling. It, it is tech. Oh, my gosh. I have, I know when I've been on my phone too much, I feel it in my heart, mind, and body. My mm-hmm. neck is cranked down. Mm-hmm. My posture is bad. My attitude feels depressed. Mm-hmm. And I feel discontent. Like, it's mm-hmm. yucky. Oh, my gosh. I think, oh, I was on my phone that much today. It's That's my issues, maybe not other people's. Mm-hmm. But I do, I'll tell you my real little rhythm um, of what I do every day to take care of myself. I homeschool my four kids 
And I am just barely doing, like, I'm doing my best to learn how to do that. I'll say, so my life is full, right? But every day I aim to rest and work out and do a little bit of writing, whether that's some journaling, because I know that those three things make me come alive as a person. And you know what happens when I'm alive as a person? I'm alive as a wife and I have something to give my husband. When I am totally drained by life, I don't have anything extra. And so I have come to that point of realizing every day I need this. And so I've told my kids, they know that this is mommy's time. I need this hour. So whether you have to put them in front of a a movie or you train them to just take naps or whatever it is, depending on their ages, prioritizing what a little bit of space for you to get some oxygen. So, because it is impossible to love well when we're depleted, you know, it's, it's not possible. And, um, I have prioritized that and seen a huge difference because I have definitely been that exhausted mom that feels like I have nothing to give. Mm -hmm. And the first thing to do is give yourself grace, give yourself space Mm -hmm. and give yourself something that feeds you as a person. And then I think you'll see shifts happening where you have an ability to, um, to pour out, you know, and to connect further. That's good. Okay. So get back to your, your worldview. What are the three ways? Yeah. All right. So here's, uh, the deal. We are often formed in our view of sex by the world around us, which includes media. It could include movies like 50 shades. It could include really lewd TV shows that are on these days that, um, I don't, I'm not gonna say, cause I've never actually seen them, but lots of stuff in the media that is trying to show us what sex and sexuality is. Mm-hmm. We can be formed in our sexual worldview by our wounds, by places we've been abused, misused, disgusted, places that hurt our hearts and that then make us feel yucky towards sex. Mm -hmm. And then we can be formed in our sexual worldview by the whispers of others around us. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about how when I grew up as a, a kind of just a good Christian girl who heard the abstinence message, I heard that from church, but then from the church ladies, I heard whispers of basically... I'd rather eat a cheeseburger than have to have sex with my husband from a really fit lady, you know, or whispers of all I want is some affection without erection and all of these really negative kind of silly, funny, but really sad statements Mm -hmm. from Christian women that informed me that really sex is a duty and it's a drain. Um, and that informed my worldview without really noticing it. And so I think when we look back at our lives and we think back of what makes me, um, what informs my thoughts on sex, it could be one of those things, or it could be, which is my prayer that we grow in as the church, is that our worldview about sex is informed by the good Word of God. That's the fourth W, that the Word of God would inform us. And when I say that, it gets back to that theology of the body and this good news that in Genesis one twenty eight, God designed a man and a woman in His image stamped his very nature on their bodies because get this god is an invisible god who wants to make himself visible to us so he made a man and a woman and he said my nature is on this man and a woman and then when they come together as one an invitation is made clear that humanity is invited to be one with god it's the story he wrote on a body of a man and a woman to have sex so that they could become one life is filled uh, the seeds of life are filled into the woman in her body grows life fruit is produced from her womb it's the whole parable of the gospel that God, Jesus wants to fill us with his spirit that life forms and fruit comes out of our lives and that we would be intimately acquainted with God now and for eternity does that make sense so it's the 
gospel story written on our sexuality. You know, I heard um, Andy Crouch talk, and I mentioned this in a podcast recently on creativity, is he Mm -hmm. was talking about in the creation story in Genesis, uh, God brings order and then abundance. Mm. And I think that's what he does with male and female. He, yeah. Our bodies are very ordered. Our cycles yes. as women are very ordered. But yeah. out of that is the ability to create and multiply and there's an abundance. And like yeah. you said, that's not even directly corresponding to the children that we produce. That right. there's actual abundance beyond just in that act. There's an, a ripple effect. Absolutely. The ripple effect of sex is a title that I gave a talk that I did recently at the MOPS International Conference. And it's so true because in that Genesis 1, 28, he talks about he blessed them. The first thing God did was he blessed a naked man and a woman, right? Mm-hmm. If that's hard for us to swallow, right. Unashamed. we say, God, yeah. help us be free from our shame. He mm-hmm. blessed a naked man and a woman, and he thought it was very, very good. And he said, hey, guys, I bless you. Come together, have sex. It's amazing and wonderful and so powerful because what's going to happen after you have sex is I want you to go forth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. What happens after sex is that the power of unity, when two become one, so propels them that God gave them the first commission commandment to go and take dominion on the earth together. Go and bear fruit on the earth. Yes, children. But in John 15, 8, we hear Jesus say, my father is glorified when you bear much fruit, right? Mm -hmm. That fruitfulness is what we were made for. Not just children, which yes, we were made for children. Amazing. That's the generational legacy of God growing his kingdom. But we were made for fruitfulness in our marriage. And that's one of the powerful, wonderful things about having a biblical sexual worldview is that sex is is a fruit multiplier, not just for children, but for impact. And it ripples out. And literally our connection in our marriage, our sense of unity and oneness that can be a big part of our sex life produces oneness. When we have oneness in our marriage, it impacts out, ripples out to impact all sorts of other areas of our lives. And I call that the, the five C's. I know it's ridiculous in my iterations in my (laughs) letters, but it's order. You're bringing order. It's it's order. I know. It's It's so funny. It helps helps us remember. Right. You can make a a printable. (laughs) These of the ripple effect of sex is that when you have a powerfully unified sex life, which is so good, it's, I mean, when you think of like 50 shades of gray, it's laughable compared to the goodness of God and God's way of sex, right? So when you have a powerful sex life, it doesn't um, necessarily always mean like crazy, crazy. It could mean like you're in the process of adopting and you have to fight for connection, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're fighting for that unity, like the story I talked to you about before, what happens is then your children is the first C are impacted because your ability to have peace in your home goes up when your connection is strong, right? Your ability to parent from a place of unity and connection and gentleness, all of that happens much more when you're connected and your kids see this powerful idea of a man and a woman fully alive, loving each other in an orderly and fruitful way. Then what happens is your career. That's the second C your career gets impacted. Yep. Your It goes out to your church, your community, and even your country. So those are the five C's. If I could delve into those five C's. Yeah, and I want to hear. About, I was like, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm ready. Okay. 
So the children is the first realm. I think that's pretty obvious to most of us mamas to know how our kids are impacted. The career, I have a salesman, I have a husband, right? And I'm a writer. And so we need each other's support to do well. Because when I feel a withdrawal of his support, I feel crushed. Because I think, how can I do this without feeling supported the same way with him? But how can I support him when I feel disconnected from him? When I feel like I'm on different planet and when his work is stressful, he needs all the more grace from me when he's depressed and down from his work. Guess what he doesn't do? He doesn't initiate sex with me. Mm. That's when I initiate sex the most is when he's down and doesn't want sex. I initiate it all the time because I see that sex is a gift of ministry to his heart that touches something really deep that nothing else can touch when he's discouraged. I initiate people ask me all the time, what do you do when your husband doesn't, your sex drive stronger than your husband's. There's different ways to look at that. But one of the ways I look at it is I choose to initiate with him when he's not interested, especially when he's discouraged and depressed, because I know it ministers to him. And then our, his career is impacted by our unity. My career is impacted by our unity and our connection. You go out um, to church and community, which is essentially where we serve and where we do community, right? Where we have fellowship and where we see impact. And, um, as an example in our family, you know, I've talked to you personally about it, but we moved into a new house, um, almost a year ago at the end of this month. And we've had over 200 people in our home in the last year. It's amazing. The ministry of hospitality and some of them stay some of we've had like a handful of families with a bunch of kids stay for extended periods. And what we've seen God do is invest what he's put in us in them. And we get to bless them and encourage them and listen well and pray for them. And they bless us as well. But it's been this really crazy season of outpouring that was not necessarily planned or expected, but we made ourselves available for it. We could have never blessed our church and our community like that if we were disconnected. And you were blessed with a house that had its own separate (laughs) sleeping area. Because it's hard hard to have the sex when you have people staying with you. Oh yeah. No, they're not next, next to it. They're they're really far away. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, important to note, important to note. Yeah. Oh, yes. That um, that did enable us, like just our connection in general, valuing our connection, our daily connection from eight to nine, or even just eliminating tech more in our house increases our sense of connection to each other, which impacts our ability to serve. And then finally, I think it's clear how the ripple effect of having a healthy sexual worldview, a healed heart in terms of sexuality impacts our country. We're seeing it right now in terms of lots of different areas of our nation that's being rattled sexually right now, sexual identity, gender identity, what people in very powerful positions are talking about with their own sex lives and experiences. That's pretty much all of the political conversation is. It's not about issues. It's it's about how they handle the other sex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, that to me reflects total brokenness. But what if the families of our nation began this renewal in our hearts where we said, God, you're the author of this good gift. Come and renew us, remake us, remind us that we're your image bearers. And that even in the bedroom, we get to experience a revelation of who you are on our bodies, that you made us to be one so that we could be fruitful and multiply and fill and bless the earth Mm -hmm. that our country would be blessed. I really believe it, that if families took this seriously and got whole, if mamas and daddies said, Hey, let's prioritize our connection. Let's choose connection when it's easier to disconnect. Let's fight for our marriage. Let's fight for purity. Let's fight for healing. Let's lean in. Let's get counseling. Let's get inner healing prayer because we're messed up. That's where we were. We were messed up and Jesus offered us healing and we leaned into it. And it's continual process of coming to God and saying, God, 
Would you heal us? And it reminds me of First Peter 3, 7, how Paul says, you know, he inferenced basically that the husband's prayers are hindered because he's not loving his wife well. Mm-hmm. Our prayers are more effective. Our spiritual lives are more effective when our marriages are connected. When husbands and wives are loving well, God can pour out more into our lives because we're open and unified. And when we are leaning into each other, even if it's hard, even if we're not in the same place, say it's a mama loving God and the husband's not quite there yet or the other way around. What we need to do is continue to lean into Jesus first and foremost as our healer, submit and love the heck out of each other. It's mutual submission, mutual blessing, invite people to encourage you in your marriage, lean in because the ripple effect is amazing. How God in the beginning created marriage and sexual intimacy to lead to earth care in the sense of like taking care of the earth and seeing Jesus's prayer, God, would you let heaven come to earth? Would you let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Would you let your will be done in our marriage as it is in heaven? Would you let your will be done in our sex life as it is in heaven so that we could be whole and healed and grace extenders so that we could experience your goodness and your healing and your peace in our bedroom that extends out to impact our kids, our careers, our communities, our churches, and our country. So sex is a big deal. Francie. Yes. It's amazing. It's good news, isn't it? I mean, it's just like, that's what God's like. He's full of good news. And we, we buy into the world's product of sex. And it's like, as one uh, teacher, Christopher West talks about, it's like we're eating out of a dumpster and it will make us sick. But if we see the goodness of God in sexuality and what he has for us, it's like sitting at a table with a banqueting table, a feast. And that's when we're really nourished and become fully alive. And that's really what I think a biblically sexual, a biblical sexual worldview invites us to is really a feast. It's not about rules or judgment or who does it right or wrong between, you know, political opinions. It's about letting God be letting us feast on God's goodness and uh, seeing his goodness in this area that sometimes is hard to see. Yeah. And before we criticize everyone else, let's focus in, like you said, on, on our own hearts and our own space and what we can impact, which is our family life. And do you have any words for the single mom listening? Maybe she may not have stuck through this whole episode, but in case she is, um, what words do you have for her in all of this conversation? Well, I would say that, um, for sure, no doubt about it, 100%, God is with you and God is covering you and lean into his covering over you. When you feel lonely, know that he is with you and preparing you and that you have the opportunity to lead your children well in this way. If you are not experiencing fullness in this area of your life, I would love to share a bunch of resources that I'm using to train my kids with this renewed sexual worldview, even as little kids, because if it's not working well in our lives, And if we don't have the opportunity to experience this abundance in our marriage for whatever reason at the moment or in our lives at the moment, if you're not married, we do have the opportunity to begin to ask God to reveal us how to train our kids with this whole and healthy worldview. And that's where I would start. And um, I'll put all those resources in the show notes because I do think um, there's power in not only renewing our minds when it comes to to sex within marriage and the ripple effect, but uh, modeling that for our children again. 
Yeah, it it has so much to do even with like them understanding how powerful their bodies are, Mm. even as toddlers. So I've got, not that I've written, but I'm using toddler books, elementary books, books. I have a book that I'm walking through my eight-year-old right now about sex, which is really interesting conversation to be having with my eight-year-old. But it's really important even talking to little ones about how beautiful, how powerful, how wonderful their body is made in the image of God, that they use their hands to serve and their mouths to sing and their feet to jump and how God's glorified through their bodies, because that is a precursor to them understanding how powerful it is to be a body filled with the Holy Spirit as they go to teenage years that gives them a greater why for purity instead of just don't do it. You get an idea of God's goodness for your body and for your sexuality as opposed to just rules. And a body that's, like you said, led by the Spirit, not just responding to the impulse that God put in it. Exactly. um, I think this whole inhibition, uh, entitlement, all these things that our culture has fought, if it feels good, I'm going to do it mentality Mm. versus is it the right thing? Is it the right time? Is it the right person? Um, those thoughts, uh, are, are not, (laughs) not happening. I even was watching an old Beth Moore, her Daniel study, and she was just talking, this was, oh my goodness, years ago she filmed it and she, we didn't even have cell phones when she filmed it or smartphones. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So she's talking about billboards and how tantalizing billboards are. Billboards were our problem now. That's was the problem billboards. Not that they were on our phone or our screens. It was billboards and how we are just primed already, like visually primed. So then when we get in a situation of intimacy, that's outside of God's plan, our bodies just respond without any kind of inhibition because we were already like 80% there because of yes. our environment. Like you said, the W of the world, we're just, yeah. we're like primed and ready. And so yep. why would I inhibit the natural feeling of that? And, uh, yeah, but you know, like you said, that, that not to say, well, the bat, the body is bad. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, Absolutely. That's where shame comes in is, oh, my body's bad. Or even my urges are bad. My longings are bad. My sex drive is bad. I should shut it off. No, No. you recognize how powerful it is because what you're even your sex drive as a teenager, you could talk to your kids about your sex drive indicates a longing for closeness. Where do you think that comes from? It's God's image on your body longing for closeness. It's an echo of our eternal invitation. Everything's like an echo or a signpost pointing to the bigger, better reality. So we long for intimacy, even a single mom, if she's still listening or a, you know, engaged person, you long for intimacy. You long for closeness to be one. We redirect that and say, God, you made me long for closeness. I want that from you first. And even to the mama who's listening, whose marriage is not in a really healthy place. I want to encourage her to that, that intimacy and that longing, that emotional connection you long for that you're not finding be encouraged that nobody can find that fully in any human and that God designed you to be filled with him fully first. And when you are filled fully with God, then you know a satisfaction that allows you to love in a hard place and to love in a way that you can honestly bless that person, even if they're not in a healthy place to love you back. That's a good word. That's a good Mm -hmm. word right there. Oh, Francie, this is chocked full of goodness. I cannot wait to share it with everybody. Yay. I mean, for real. Y'all, to know Francie, to see her walking her life with her husband and her kids, and to know that everything she talked about is real and authentic. 
And you just spur us on in a good way, in a healthy way to um, not settle into the culture, but to go above and beyond to the goodness God has for us. I read a verse uh, in Ephesians, the message version that said, before we even knew of Christ and how he would save us and how he would set us up for glorious living. Mm. That's what he wants. Glorious yes. living, abundant living um, yes. life, uh, not this tired eyes, dragging our feet, yes. misery. You're right, Heather. Uh, so thank Filled you. to the fullness of yes. God. That's yes. not Joe. He's not joking. He wasn't. He wasn't wanting he us to go joking. through the motions like we do. So yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us okay. life and joy and connection and challenging us to consider some of the choices we have made with our technology and our where our, our worldviews are coming from and um, just really pushing for connection. So it's good, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you for serving us mamas. You do a great job. Oh, you know what I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love your babes. Talk All to right. You soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of excitement in the bedrooms after listening to this episode. Some husbands are going to be pretty excited. Not going to lie. So thank you all for listening. I do hope you check out those resources that Francie mentioned. So many good ones. Also, thank you all for your patience. I worked hard to get a podcast together for the Friday before I left on a trip. And I got the podcast ready and the blog post ready, but I did not connect the two. So if you get a chance, check out the free bonus episode. It's always free. The podcast is always free. I don't know why I said free. The bonus episode that I did with Drew Waters. He uh, has been in several different movies and TV shows, including Breaking Bad and Friday Night Lights. And now he is going out on a limb, writing, producing, directing his own film with actress Erin uh, Bathia. You might remember her from um, Fireproof. She was the wife in that. So make sure you check out the podcast, New Life Movie with Drew Waters. I hope you all have had a great week and that this episode either directed you to some healing and that you are going to spend some time healing uh, maybe some wounds or some uh, shifted worldviews and you might have about sex. And uh, if you are healed, that maybe it just inspired you to think about the ripple effect intimacy in your marriage. Do you see how I did it again? <laughs> intimacy in your marriage can have um, on your your children, your church, your community, your country. The country needs you. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for listening. Have a great day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink, as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.